Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Welcome as we continue with the laws of blessings. <clears throat> Chapter 11, Pedak Achadosar, in the laws of blessings. Chapter 11. As I just said here, not to be confused with chapter 11. Kol abrachas kulon, all of the blessings, generally speaking, blessings. Peseach bohem beborech, becheisim bohem beborech. Begin with boruch and end with boruch. And let me tell you what we're talking about here. Let's take a situation where somebody's called up to the Torah. So he makes the opening statement, boruchu. As Hashem Hamborach, let us bless God who is blessed. The people respond, Baruch Hashem Hamborach, Lolambud. And then he makes his blessing. What's his blessing? Baruch Ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, Asher Bochar Bonu Mikolamim, Minosalonu Astoroso. So he begins with Baruch Ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, and he ends Baruch Ato Hashem, Nosein HaTorah. That's a normal blessing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, the beginning. Baruch Hashem, blessed are you. And you end the blessing. Take Asher Yotzar, the blessing we, use, we make after we use the restroom. Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Yotzar. The end, Baruch Hashem, Rofei Chobosar, Umafilasis. Beginning with Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, ending with Baruch Hashem. So that's... A normal bracha begins with baruch and ends with baruch. Let's take another example. If you happen to have a Chabad Siddur handy, the annotated Chabad Siddur, page 30, you have the opening of the series of Psuke de Zimra, of the verses of praise, which is the section of the morning prayer before baruch. So we have on page 30 the prayer, the opening blessing, Baruch Sha'amar. Go a few lines into Baruch Sha'amar, line 7, has the blessing. Baruch Ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Hakel of Harachamon. Ending at the end of the paragraph, Baruch Ato Hashem Melech Mehulol Batishbachos. Beginning with Baruch, ending with Baruch. Moving right along in the davening, turn to page 39, just after Boruchu. How does it go? Boruch ato Hashem alakeinu melech ha'olam, yotzer or ovore choshech, he who creates light and darkness. And then go to page 41, where that blessing ends. Boruch ato Hashem, yotzer hamoros. It's a long one. But it begins with Baruch HaTo Hashem Elokeinu ends with Yotzer HaMoros. That's the normal condition of a full-on blessing. Now he says that's all true, chutz, but there are many exceptions. The exception is Mibrocha Achreina Shel Kriyashma. The last blessing of the Kriyashma, which I believe refers to the blessing after the Shema ends with Baruch Ato Hashem, Go Al Yisrael, but does not begin with Baruch. And the reason for that is similar to what comes up next. Uvrocha Hashmucha Lechavarta. A bracha that follows another bracha. 
Because when one bracha follows another bracha, <coughs> then the baruch of the end of the last bracha can count as the beginning of this bracha. Let's take an example of that. Again, in your annotated Chabad Siddur, go back to page 41. Baruch Ata Hashem Yotzer HaMa'oros, we just talked about. That was the end of the last blessing. And then we go straight to Ahavas Olam, and the next blessing ends. Baruch Ata Hashem HaBocher Ba'ama Yisrael Bi'ahava. But it doesn't begin with a Baruch. Why? Because it's adjacent to the other Baruch. When you have a blessing adjacent to another blessing, you don't have to begin with Baruch. You take the ending of the other blessing as its own beginning. That's what we call here in Southern California. Do you live in Beverly Hills? Adjacent. I live adjacent to Beverly Hills. Okay. Furthermore, all of the blessings for the fruits... For example, that's another exception. It just has a beginning, but it doesn't have an end. Also the blessings for mitzvahs. Doesn't have a whole beginning and an end to baruchs. And then there are those we've talked about, which are praise and thanks. The prayer blessings, some of them begin with Baruch, but do not end with Baruch. Some end with Baruch, but don't begin with Baruch. And we learned earlier that we should not change we should not change how our sages coined these blessings, blessings that begin with Baruch and don't end with Baruch. Leave it alone. Let it be. Let it be. Brachas that end with Baruch and don't begin with let it be. The rabbis, the sages, the men of the great assembly had a reason for doing it the way they did it. In fact, when it comes to that category of blessings, only some of the mitzvah blessings have the beginning and end of the Baruch. For example, the laws that we make when we get called up to the Torah when we study Torah. I, I illustrated that in the very beginning. Or, v'reye kivere Yisrael, somebody who sees the grave of his fellow Jews, meaning, in plain English, when you go to a cemetery, so you have the cemetery blessing, also begins with Baruch, and ends with Baruch. But, it's not the norm. If you want to refer to that blessing that he just referred to, if you're using the Chayenu, page 83, second paragraph from the top, Baruch ato Hashem elokeinu melech ha'olam asher yotzar eschem badin v'don eschem badin v'kilkol eschem badin v'hemis eschem badin v'wasit l'hokim eschem I actually should not refer to pages, but that was chapter 10 of Blessings, the end of paragraph 10. So it's 10-10. Sounds like WINS News in New York, 10-10. Okay. 
So here we have the rule. But all of the other blessings associated with commandments. You begin with Baruch. You don't end with Baruch. We learned earlier. It's only a beginning. No end. Now he says in two, as we wrap up, we begin to wrap up the laws of mitzvahs. Yes, mitzvahs, I say... There are positive commandments. That a person should make an effort and should pursue until he fulfills them. For example, what's a mitzvah that I have to do? I've got to make sure I do it. Like tefillin. I have to put on tefillin. You can't say, if I encounter this and this. No, you have to go put on film. It's a mitzvah that you have to do every weekday. V'sukkah, on sukkahs, you have to sit in a sukkah. V'lulav, you have to make a blessing on a lulav. V'shofer, you have to hear the sounding of the shofar. V'elu, this type of mitzvah, these type of mitzvahs, hein are they, hanikroyim, which are referred to as chova, obligatory, obligation. You have to go and work and find film. You have to find a sukkah. Why? It's because a person is obligated to make them. You don't have a sukkah, build a sukkah. You don't have to film, order to film, buy to film. You know what pot stands for? P-O-T, put on film. I'm from the 60s. There is a mitzvah, however, that's not obligatory. They're optional. They're like voluntary activities. You know, they say in America, people don't like uh, the Ten Commandments. They prefer Ten Suggestions. You know, the commandments don't go big in America. Suggestions, this I'll think about. So there are commandments, and then there are suggestions. These are suggestions. Like a mezuzah. If you live in a house, and it has doorways and doors and all of the stuff that we learned about earlier, then you have to put on a mezuzah. But if you live in a boat, you don't have to put on a mezuzah. You live in a tent, you don't have to put on a mezuzah. A mezuzah, you live in a temporary thing, you don't have to put on, you, you switch hotel rooms every week, you don't have to put on a mezuzah. A mezuzah has to be put on when the obligation kicks in. Umake, for example, a parapet, a fence around your roof. Back then they used to build houses with flat roofs. So there's a mitzvah to build a gate around your roof, a parapet, so God forbid nobody falls off. But if you don't build a flat roof, you don't have to put up a parapet. By the way, they say that nowadays building a fence around your pool is equal to that building a fence around your your roof, your flat roof. And I can tell you as a rabbi who has performed funerals, God forbid, for children who have drowned in pools, if you have a pool, build a secure fence around your pool. It's life and death. May Hashem protect us all. There's no mitzvah. You have to live in a house that needs a mezuzah. So you should have a mezuzah. You don't want to, don't. 
If he wants to live for the rest of his life in a temporary tent or in a boat, no problem. Yeshiv, let him dwell there. Similarly speaking, you don't have to build a house in order to make a parapet, a fence around your, your flat roof. Or when you build a house, you don't have to build a flat roof. So also the commandments between man and God. Whether the mitzvah is an obligation or not, when you do the mitzvah, you always make a bracha. The rule is, before you do a mitzvah. That's the flat rule, with some exceptions. Gimel 3, You don't only make a bracha on biblical commandments, like mezuzah, or tefillin, or a parapet around your roof. But even on rabbinic mitzvahs, and I'm sure that people have wondered, why when we light Hanukkah candles, do we say, Baruch Asher Kiddushonu b'mitzvos of God sanctified us with Vitzivanu. And he commanded us to light Hanukkah candles. I studied the entire Bible and I have ne- never seen a commandment to light Hanukkah candles. What's going on? Lucy, explain it to me. There is no commandment to light Hanukkah candles. There is no commandment to perform any rabbinic commandment. How could we say God commanded us? Is it a mistake? Chas God forbid. So this is item three, v'chein kol mitzvah every mitzvah. Shemi divrei sefrim, which are of rabbinic nature. The rabbis, the sages are called sofrim, scribes, because they write the words of Torah. Bein mitzvah whether it's an obligatory commandment, Ordained by the rabbis and sages. Kigain, for example, classical, is Mikra Megillah, reading the Megillah on Purim. Reading the Megillah is a rabbinic commandment instituted by Esther and Mordechai and the court of their time. Or kindling Shabbos lights. Yes, there are traditions that Sarah, our patriarch, kindled Shabbos lights, but it wasn't legislated in the Torah. The legislation came later by the sages. Badlokas Ner Hanukkah, lighting Hanukkah candles. Bein mitzvah or other mitzvahs, kigain eruv. The word eruv is a catch-all phrase for various type of rabbinic ordinances, sometimes to create an enclosure in a public domain, so you can carry on Shabbat, sometimes to connect two houses or two courtyards, sometimes to connect two days. These are various connection ordinances. But bottom line is, they're rabbinic even the formal commandment of washing our hands in the morning or before prayer or before eating, which we've covered those laws. All of those commandments, although rabbinic in origin, a blessing is made on all of those blessings before we do them. What's the blessing? We say, we bless, we thank God who sanctified us with his commandments. Vitzivonu, and commanded us. Lasos, to do, or whatever it is. Where did God command us? What's going on? 
The answer is because it says in the Torah, everything the righteous sages of your generation tell you, you should do. The Torah commands us to follow the sages. And there's a whole system of sages, how it works. Sages of one generation cannot be challenged by sages of a later generation unless they are greater than them qualitatively and quantitatively. It's a whole system. Nimsa, so we conclude that Inyan Hadvarim, the Hetseon Kahu, that the whole idea of this whole deal and how it works is Asher Kiddushonu B'Mitzvah of God sanctified us with his commandments. Because he commanded us to listen to those who commanded us to light Hanukkah candles. To read the Megillah. All of the other rabbinic commandments. Therefore, on the formalized rabbinic commandments, such as Megillah, and Hanukkah candles, and Tilat Yadayim, there are blessings, or Erev, there are blessings because God commanded us to follow the authentic sages. And that's the commandment, and this is a very good question, that a lot of times children who are really focused ask the question. They wake up one morning and they say, what's going on here? And this is the answer in the system of Halacha. And by the way, this is a little bit of an unusual Style, the Rambam doesn't usually explain in, in Mishnah Torah. Mishnah Torah is facts, not really into explanation. But here the Rambam made an exception to the rule. In that case, one of the rabbinic ordinances we learned is that you wash after your meal, mayim achronim, after waters. Why don't we make a blessing for that? We know we don't say only tilat yadayim for the afterwaters. As we learned earlier, the only reason there is this obligation is because it deals with danger. It deals with health. We learned earlier that they used to put chemicals into certain of the foods called sodomite salt, a preservative, we call it like red dye number three. And in order, if they had the salt on their fingers and they rubbed their eyes, they could, God forbid, become blind. So our sages ordained that we should first wash our fingertips because we're afraid that it's going to be applied to the very sensitive area of the body, which is the eye. You know, the digestive system could deal with stuff that the eye could never deal with. I don't know if you're aware of it, but speak to your position. Okay, tell him I said he can bill you for insurance. Not a problem. Bill insurance. So that's the purpose of the afterwaters. It's a health issue. It's a danger issue. It's not a mitzvah. Not spiritual. So the Rambam again goes a little bit out of his way. What can you compare this to? Somebody is, is straining water. You know, you've got to be careful what's in your water. Somebody is straining water. Then he drinks it. Why did he strain it? He doesn't want leeches or other bugs ending up in the water. So he's going to make a bracha. He doesn't make a blessing that God commanded us to strain water. <laughs> to, to, to filter water. You filter water because you're smart. Because you're safe. Because you're conscientious. 
you wash the after waters after you eat because you're smart and safe and conscientious. Similarly speaking, all other parallel issues. Hey, five. What happens, and it happens, it shouldn't happen like it happens. Ha'isa, mitzvah, somebody does a mitzvah, then he realizes, whoops, I didn't make a bracha. I forgot. Im mitzvah shadayin asiyasa kayam, as if he's still doing the mitzvah. Then he does the blessing whenever he realizes it. But if it passed, if it's, you do the mitzvah and it's done, he can't. Ketzad, as they used to say back, in Brooklyn, which I used to visit when I was a kid, I'll give you a for instance. Give me a for instance. What if somebody wrapped themselves in tzitzis? Or he put on film. Or he sat in a sukkah on sukkah. He did not first make a blessing. It's okay, he's still wearing the palace. He makes the blessing afterwards. He's still with the palace. He's still with the tfilm. Make a blessing on the tfilm. He's still in the sukkah. So also all of the above. If he was ritually slaughtering a chicken, ah, chicken, Akachke. And he realized that he slaughtered the chicken, he shechted the chicken without a bracha. That's done in a second. Done, finished. You're going to make a bracha, it's too late. Who commanded us, who sanctifies, who commanded, commanded us to shecht, to ritually slaughter. Because he did it already 10 minutes ago. Another parallel mitzvah. There's a mitzvah when you slaughter, ritually slaughter a chicken, and the blood flows on the ground. You have to cover it out of respect to life and God. So there's a mitzvah. And you make a bracha. Al kisui, al kisui dam be'ofar, to cover blood with earth. If you ever go to a the ritual called kaporis, kaparot, they'll give you some sawdust to throw on the blood, and they'll make the bracha with you. He covered the blood, and he forgot to make a blessing. You can't go back ten minutes later and make a blessing. Or he set aside the heave offerings, or the tithing, to the Kohen and the Levi, or he immersed in the mikvah, in a case where there's an obligation to Immerse in a mikvah, such as a woman immersing in a mikvah, or other biblical obligations, not the voluntary obligations that a man does these days. The voluntary immersions. He does not go and make the blessing later, or all other parallel situations. So, as a rule, in general, the blessing is always made before the mitzvah. First you make the blessing, then you make the mitzvah. The Rambam says there's only one mitzvah that you have to make the blessing. There's no choice after you do it, and that is when a prospective convert immerses in a mikvah. 
Because before the convert immerses in a mikveh, the convert cannot make a blessing that God commanded us because he's not yet a Jew. The immersion in a mikvah of a convert. The convert cannot say, Only after he converts can he say it. And immersion in a mikvah is one of the keys, elements, to establish the reality of conversion. She's not yet become sanctified. He's not yet been commanded. Only after he immerses can he say, can he make the bracha? Therefore, only after he immerses in a mikvah, he makes the blessing for immersion. By the way, we're going to get to it later in a different section. But the word tvila, meaning immersion in a mikvah, the spirit of the idea of immersion in a mikvah is we take our entire body, including our head, which is the seat of our intellect, and we immerse it in water, and we subjugate ourselves to God. We say God is greater than us. Tvila osios bitul. The word tvila has the same letters as the word nullification. I nullify my own ego to Hashem. I immerse under God's pure water. It's not me, I'm on an ego trip. I am subjugating my intellect to Hashem. That's parenthetical. Therefore, at the beginning he was unfit to make a bracha. He's not a Jew. How can he make a bracha? Only afterwards he can make a bracha. Now there's another issue which is the subject of conversation amongst halacha codifiers, and that is nitilat yadayim, the washing of the hands. Commonly speaking, we make the bracha after we wash. But the Rambam brings down here that even this, perhaps, should be made before you wash. Why do we make it after we wash? Because we've just become purified. Why should we make it before we're purified if we can, we just purified our hands? But this is a discussion in the halacha. Eight kol mitzvah shasiyasi gemar Any mitzvah where performing the mitzvah is the completion of one's obligation. You do the bracha when you perform the mitzvah. But any mitzvah that has another aspect to it, you make it at the end. Ketzat, for example, also sukkah, when somebody builds a sukkah, does he have to make a bracha that God commanded us to build a sukkah? No. We're going to make the bracha when we sit in the sukkah. A lulav, or you prepare a lulav. A shafer, or you sound the shofar. You make the shofar. A tzitzis, you're making tzitzis. A tfilin, you're making tfilin. A mezuzah. These are complex procedures. But we don't make brachas. All we do is we say, I'm making this for the sake of the mitzvah. The shame mitzvahs. You do not make the blessing at that time of making the mitzvah. To make the sukkah, to prepare the lulav, to write film. Because after that, there's another commandment. Sit in the sukkah, dwell in the sukkah, put on the film, put the mezuzah on your door. 
When does he make the blessing? When he sits, when he shakes the loop, when he hears the sound of the shofar, or he wraps himself in tzitzis. When he puts on the tzitzis, when he affixes the mezuzah. But here's an interesting, different point. Take the mitzvah of putting a parapet or a fence around your flat roof. That's the mitzvah. Mitzvah is to build the fence. It's not like building a sukkah which prepares you to sit in the sukkah. The mitzvah is building the fence. When you make that parapet, you make a bracha. To make this fence. The truth is that the same applies to all similar ones. And in fact, it's brought down that the blessing is made towards the end of that mitzvah just before the makkah is complete. Nine, kol mitzvah, shim isman lizman. Now we come to the brachas, a very interesting bracha, which is called shechiyonu. When do we make the shechiyonu? Thanking God for allowing us to live and to reach and, and for sustaining us and allowing us to enjoy a certain moment, a certain act. Call mitzvah shimizman lizman, any mitzvah that comes from time to time, intermittent. Again, for example, shofar, sounding the shofar. Let me give you an example of a mitzvah you don't make a shechiyonu on. And that is putting on tefillin, because you do it every day. But sounding the shofar you do in one period a year, or sukkah, or lulav, or mikra megillah, or megillah reading, or chanukah, or chanukah, all of those have a shechiyonu. At least the first time you perform the mitzvah. So also any mitzvah that involves acquiring. We learned earlier if you get a new suit or a new special garment or some, a house, you have to make a shechiyonu. So when you get a new mitzvah, perhaps you should do it as well. You get a new talis or tfilin or mezuzah or makah, perhaps you should make a shechionu as well. And here there are different customs. Some do, some don't. So also a mitzvah which is not regular but intermittent. For example, the circumcision of your son. People don't have sons circumcised every day. Or the bracha There's actually a big dispute in the mitzvah of circumcision, and it carries down into, to the best of my understanding and recollection, between Ashkenazic tradition and Sephardic tradition. At a bris, the Ashkenazic Jew, by and large, does not say Shechionu. The Jew from Spartic origin does. What is the issue? What is the subject matter? The subject matter is you're causing pain to the child. Why say the Shechionu prayer when you're causing pain to a child? It doesn't go well. Shechionu is like you're excited and hear the kid is screaming. Some of my grandchildren, every time I walk over to them, they, they start screaming. They remember the trauma. So in the Ashkenazic view, you say, you know what, this doesn't call for a Shechionu. In the Sephardic view, you say, hey, it's good for the kid, relax. It's a mitzvah, he's going to be very happy. Chill. So the Sephardim, Shechionu. 
Pijin Aben, the redemption of the firstborn after 30 days, everybody says Shechion. <coughs> what if he doesn't make the blessing for Sukkah or Lulav? When he does, then so he should do it when he fulfills the obligation of Either he says it when he makes it or he says it when he does it. For example, you know, we, we, we make Shechionu when we do mitzvahs intermittently. Whether you do a mitzvah for yourself or for other people, you make a bracha that God commanded us to do this in this mitzvah. But shechionu you can't do for somebody else's mitzvah. If you had a lot of mitzvahs, you figure you'll package the bracha. You get a wholesale bracha. Covering all the mitzvahs. Our rabbis, our sages ordained that you do a bracha for each mitzvah separately. Anybody who performs a mitzvah, whether it's obligatory or not, if he does it for himself, he does the bracha to do the mitzvah. If he does it for others, he does the blessing for the performance. Ketzat, for example, if he makes a bracha, he makes a bracha to put on the film. That's our bracha for the hand film. If he enwraps himself in a talis with fringes, he makes the bracha lihisatev. Yosha basuka mevarach leishe basuka. Sits in a sukkah, he makes the bracha to sit in the sukkah. Chayinu mevarach lahadlik ner shal shabbos. Ligmoir es ahalel. To kindle the shabbos lights, to complete the halel. Chayinim kava mezuzah lebeisei mevarach likboa mezuzah. To affix a mezuzah. If he makes a parapet for his roof, to make it, because this is a making mitzvah. If he sets aside the heave offering for himself, if he circumcises his son, he makes a blessing, which we have a different style, we have a different, I believe the Moel in our case does Alhamila, and the father does Lachniso Bebrisa Shal Avram Avinu. Shochat Pischei he slaughters his Paschal offering and his festival offering, Bebarech Lishchait. Avolf, but, him Kaba Mezuzah Lachedim, if he affixes a Mezuzah for someone else, Mevarech, instead of Likboa, Al Kvias Mezuzah. Also, lahem makah. If he makes a makah for someone else, mevarach alasias makah. He fishlam truma mevarach alafroshes truma molas ben chaveri mevarach alhamila. Which is why the moel makes the bracha alhamila. V'chein kol kayetzibay. However, it's brought down that when you put a mezuzah up for somebody else, if you're going to make the bracha, you still make the bracha likboa mezuzah. Fourteen. Also, mitzvah loy v'lachenim keachin. He did a mitzvah for himself and for the other guy. In one fell swoop, if it's a mitzvah, it's not an obligation. He makes a bracha on the doing. When you make an eruv, and again, an eruv is a catch-all phrase for many different eruvim going to be discussed at very great length. If there was an obligation, 
his intent is to fulfill his own obligation and others. To hear the sound of the shofar. By the way, when you're going to make a blessing, you're going to sound shofar for someone else, you should not keep making the bracha. That someone else should make the bracha. Because they're going to listen to the shofar. Tesvav, not the lasalula, when somebody takes the lulav to do the mitzvah on the tilas lulav for the taking of the lulav kibun shig bia when he lifts it up when he shakes it but if he's going to make the bracha beforehand mevarach lita lulav when somebody makes a blessing after he does he blesses he makes the blessing for the doing abal natilas yadayim but the washing of the hands of shchita and slaughtering ritual slaughtering hell bedivir shushem being that they're Optional, I feel the shachat last from Barakal Ashkita. Even if he shechts for himself, he says, Al Ashkita, Al Kisoydam, the Al Natilas Ladayim instead of Lintel. Chainum of Barak, I'll be your Chomets. Bain Shabbatic Lassim, Shabbatachem. For the searching of the Chomets, we make the Bracha. For the consumption, for the burning of the Chomets. Shemisha, Shagamar, believe in the because from the time that he made a decision to nullify the Chomets, not Samit Sabir, Kedim Shivdek, he's already beginning to do away with the Chomets question, as we will explain in the laws of Chomets. 16. To wrap it all up. Kol Dabar Shehuminag. Anything that is a custom. Who, even though it was a custom established by the prophets, Kigain, for example, see in the holy temple, they used to have the taking of willow branches was a whole service in the holy temple on the seventh day of Sukkot. Nowadays we have no holy temple. In order to commemorate that, we have the five branches of the willow we tie it together we do prayers with it we slap it on the ground but it's only reminiscent of that activity certainly the custom established not by prophets but by the latter sages see there's the mitzvah of reading halal on major festivals that's a big mitzvah but on Rosh Chodesh it's more of a custom for us, it's when we do half hollow and whole hollow. The whole hollow we say with a blessing. The half hollow is, there's a whole debate. Should you say a blessing? Should you not say a blessing? The intermediate days of Pesach. Any act where you're not sure if it needs a bracha. When in doubt, do not make a bracha. A person should always be mucho careful not to make a bracha that's not an obligation. A person should increase the number of brachas that he says, the necessary blessings, because we learned earlier in the very beginning that it's critical to amass a minimum of a hundred blessings every day which if we do our daily prayers three times a day and make blessings before and after we eat, is not that big a deal. But it doesn't mean we should make unnecessary blessings. That's a terrible trans- transgression. King David said, and this is what we introduce our ashray with, Every day I bless you, the beginning of the ashray prayer. So we have to really get into the idea of blessings. And this 
concludes the section of the laws of blessings. I want to just point out that as I've said so many times, the Rambam is only a beginning of Jewish law. It's not the ending of Jewish law. Following the Rambam, there is a tour and there is a Shulchan Aruch, and there are the commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. There's the Mechaber, the Ramah, there's the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, there's the Mishnah Brura. There's so much in the system of Halacha, but there's nothing as poetically clear and as complete from beginning to end like the Mishnah Torah.